Let's do a podcast. Thank you for joining us on a Thursday evening and welcome to Caching in the Northwest. You know, this is the only podcast from the birthplace of geocaching in the great Pacific Northwest. Each week, we're going to talk about caches and caches from here and all around the globe. So while you're trying to scan lettuce at the self-checkout, we'll be caching in the Northwest. And that means it's time to bring in our caching chimp. Some say... He has the second space operations on speed dial. And others say geocaching.com has created a super premium account just for him. All we know is he's called Land Monkey. Hello. How you doing, Witsen? Hello. Good to see you, buddy. Here I be. You too. There you are. Good to see all these guys. We got, yeah. we got a full house tonight. We do. We've got, who do we got? We got Witsend. We've got Chris of the Northwest. We've got MC3 Cats. Hey, how you doing there? We got Subway Mark. Hey. Wow, it's, it is. It's a full show tonight. So we got a lot of stuff we're going to cover off tonight, guys. Uh, Subway Mark's going to give us some top cash tips for visiting, exploring, and geocaching in the Willamette Valley of Oregon. So that's going to be cool. Looking forward to that. Uh, MC3 Cats is going to talk about a New fun international event. That's Ooh. Gonna, we're going to lead off with that in a few moments. But of course, first of all, we want to provide the quick reminder, as we always do, that we appreciate the support of our patrons who help to keep this podcast coming, including Land Sharks, our corporate Denali level sponsor. And remember that there is currently a free or a special shipping offer for you, Canadian and US listeners from landsharks.ca. That is Free shipping on orders of $50 Canadian or greater to a max of $25 Canadian shipping costs. You just have to use SHIP50 as the promo code. So remember to do that. And hey, if you want to know more about supporting this show, click that Patreon link over on the cachingnw.com website. We would appreciate it enormously. Yes, indeed. But also something we appreciate are glows. Segway. <laughs> Whether you wrote it or whether you read it, we want to hear about it. So smooth. (laughs) Because great logs and anticipation makes geocaching better. Send an email to feedback at cachingnw.com. Call into 253-693-TFTC or use the voicemail tool on the website and show us how you glow. However, tonight, because we have so much to cover, we're going to forego the glow. It's a glow forego. And we'll pick up a glow next week. There will be Nick's glowing tonight. <laughs> you know what? And I realize now that I put you guys on the spot because in the show notes, it does say no glow, but I didn't read that far down. So I just saw the part where Chris introduces the glow. So I just thought I'd lead him into it. And... But we want your glow. We need your glow. We do want your glows. Mm-hmm. But we've also got some news. And it's it's news that's relative to our topic tonight, is it not? And relevant. The hashtag glow for go. Yeah, I like that. There you go. All right. Chris, why don't you share our I would news? love to. You know, we're talking about the ninth annual Roseburg Geocache series. It's showing growth. This year's event, Discover Roseburg, the land of Umpqua, has five traditional caches, 15 virtual caches that took people to special places in the Roseburg area. The places included the Colliding Rivers Park and Glide. Sounds like it's expensive and insurance is involved. Uh, where the North Umpqua and the Little River converge. Uh, last year, the theme was the 100th anniversary of the construction of the Umpqua Valley Arts Association building. This year's theme is the 50th anniversary of the Wild and Scenic Rivers Act, in which the U.S. Congress passed in 1968 to protect the important rivers across the country. People who complete the Roseburg series are going to get a geocoin. From the Parks Department, this year's coin coin features different North Umpqua River recreational activities such as rafting and fishing. And geocaching. 
Well, and now geocaching. Yeah. <laughs> well, sure. Now that's awesome. So that sounds like a fun thing to do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, discover Roseburg number nine, land of Umqua. Very yeah, I've cool. done. I've done it in the past. I forget which number I did, but it was a railroad themed one, of course. So why do you think no. I did it? <laughs> I know it's shocking, but but it's a nice coin at the end, so it's worth doing. Excellent, excellent. Hey, and I just want to throw out there that uh, everybody in the chat, welcome to the show, you guys. Uh, already, you guys are getting into it. We love that. It's so much fun. And I did happen to notice that uh, Keats has mentioned in the chat that he is in a very loud pub watching the show. So, Keats, uh, wave hi to everybody else in the pub. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're saying hi. So let everybody know that we're saying hi, and uh, we'd love for them to join the podcast. Does that mean we have to talk really loud? <laughs> That's no, what no, I was going to do is talk really loud so he can hear. That's right. Uh, that's funny guys. That's funny. All right. Uh, so yes, thank you very much. And, uh, and again, thanks to everybody in, in the chat, you guys really help make this show fun and lively every week. And we appreciate it. And I it's appreciate great. it. You type slowly cause I don't read quickly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, go ahead. I was going to say, first off, We've got so much tonight. Let's talk about this event with MC three cats. Um, can you, I don't know, tell us a little bit about the event. Let's start even with a name, a GC code and time and date, but most importantly, the location, because this is something that's very interesting to me. And also your visa number and ATM pin code, please. Mother's maiden right. name. Yeah. Boy, you're asking a lot, aren't you? <laughs> you know what? Just go ahead and put it in the chat. We'll be, uh, trust me, we're fine. Oh, Keith, you know, us all the way back. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I could, you could even do the last four of the social, too, if you'd like. <laughs> wow. What a guy. Uh, all right. Well, uh, the event is called Hands Across the Border. And that should be a hint right there that this is probably not a. Uh, your garden variety event. Uh, the number I'll give that to you is GC eight as eight three seven P is in Paul T is in Tom. The location of this event is um, well, it's right on the Canadian U.S. border in Peace Park. Uh, in it's on the Blaine Washington side, um, and. From what I understand, you can walk to this event if you're on the Canadian side. That is correct. You do not need to. I mean, you could drive, obviously. It depends where you live. <clears throat> depends on where you live. To, uh, you can drive to the parking lot at the park and then walk to the event. Correct. Instead <laughs> of uh, wading through the borderline and all yeah. that stuff. So Canadians do not need to cross the border to go to the event? Really? That is correct. So How do the America? Americans have to cross the border to go to the event? Well, it's on the U.S. side, so there's no border crossing needed for the uh, for the Americans, which is good. It's, well, it's a neutral zone. Unique. It's a neutral that zone. Neutral. <laughs> you could almost call it the DMZ, but I wouldn't quite go there. Yeah. <laughs> no man's land. It's not no man's land. Right. So, <laughs> so Chris, uh, April twentieth, noon to three p.m. Correct. And so what we're doing, uh, the event uh, is co-hosted with uh, the uh, BCGA, the British Columbia Geocaching Association. So this is not just a WSGA thing. Um, so we're, we're sort of grouping together to put this event on. Uh, there will be uh, some food. So we're basically doing like a potluck picnic kind of uh, event. Uh, the BCGA is going to uh, bring all the the uh, main cooking, uh, the main meal, if you will, and then uh, everybody else is bringing in uh, the, the you know potluck style stuff. So bring your chips and dip and whatever else. Um, and I we're going to do I a raffle, really, of course. And I don't appreciate being called a dip, but I'm coming along. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's uh, and and what brought this on? We had um, to to kind of go back. Uh, I started a Slack group for geocaching organizations, and we invited uh, the BCGA's president Baja Betty. Uh, her name is actually Kathleen. Uh, so we invited uh, the BCGA to join our uh, organization or group, I should say. Um, 
and she, you know, I'm pretty sure they were the first uh, non-U.S. Uh, geocaching organization that joined the group, which was great because we were expanding the group uh, beyond the borders of just uh, the United States. And so we got to talking on Slack, and uh, I thought it was a great idea that, you know, we'd meet since we are neighboring uh, geocaching organizations. So I met her at a Tim Hortons in Abbotsford, and we we sat down, and heck, we probably visited for probably about two hours hmm. uh, talking about just how the two organizations are, are set up and how they're ran and and so forth. And so then we just sort of brainstormed this idea of, wouldn't it be cool if we did a joint event? And I was like, yeah, I think that'd be a fantastic idea. And I know just the place, <laughs> Peace Park. Uh, and so that's how it started. And it just kind of took off from there. And I'm, I'm kind of hoping to see this thing become an annual event where it jumps sides of the border every year. So we host it one year and then uh, the BCGA hosts it on the other side of the border. And we just kind of bounce it back and forth. And I think it'd be, and again, this gives us a chance down here in the U.S. to to meet uh, the Canadian cachers uh, north of the border, talk about geocaching, you know, differences between caching in both countries, you know, that kind of stuff. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Distances between caches in both countries. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Upvoting. Exactly. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Upvoting. Or not. (laughs) <laughs> or not yeah hey uh so your event is technically on the u.s side of the border though right yes just by a mere i don't know should we say feet or meters uh, a meter mean, or two mm-hmm. feeders it's pretty close okay. you could you could probably throw a rock into into canada from there there you go so there is some discussion in the live chat about whether or not canadians will need a passport to get to the event it's my understanding they don't if you're walking across the border in that park, you can, mm-hmm. you can walk or walk across the border. Um, and as long as you stay in the park, it's my understanding. You don't, if you take an automobile and you come, come across, then of course uh, you would need to do that. Um, need to go through the, you know, the normal border crossing, sit in the line and go through all that stuff. Um but again, it it was set up. The idea of this event was that you didn't have to drive over if you didn't want to. We wanted to make it accessible, really, to everybody. That was mm-hmm. kind of the idea. That's cool. Yeah. You should have your passport with you. Yeah, definitely advisable. You know, that close to the border, there's no reason not to have it with you. So make sure you have it with you, but you may not need it. There you go. Oh, well, actually, another thing I forgot to mention, too, is the event we we um, connected with uh, Red Hat Imprints. Mm. Uh, and we've got a, if you go to the uh, cash page or the event page, you'll see that we have uh, a special shirt. Um, actually, it's more of a design. I mean, it's on a shirt, but uh, uh, there's they're going to be selling other things than just the T-shirt. They'll have sweatshirts. There's a hoodie. Uh, there's a tote bag. So it's a it's that design uh, that you see on the web page there or the cash page, and they're just going to slap it on. Uh, different styles of shirts and a tote bag. And uh, so those you can purchase on your own outside of the, uh, there's links on the uh, the event page to go to uh, Red Hat Imprints. Um, I'm also going to raffle a couple of them off that I've purchased for the, uh, for the event. So we're going to have fun. I mean, that's really what this is about. Sounds great. And in your planning, I heard you also worked out parking for the U S side. Yeah, so the the beauty of it being on April 20th, other than that it's 420, and those of you that are in the uh, drug culture may know what that means, but um, <laughs> that was just a, a pure uh, pure coincidence there. But a- April 20th happens to be a free Washington State Park day, so you don't need uh, a Discover Pass or pay the 10 bucks to park in the lot. So that was another reason why I picked that particular day, um, so that... Basically, you can get into the park free and don't have to pay. Great. Nice. Uh, I I, want to go back to the shirts for a minute. 
mm-hmm. those are only order online. There's not an option to buy shirts at the event, correct? That is correct. So what'll happen is if you, you order the uh, shirts or whatever you're buy if you get the tote bag, whatever. Cut off uh, t-shirt or, or <laughs> up, uh, tank top. Okay. <laughs> when you uh, purchase it, we will bring them. Uh, the, the plan is Red Hat imprints are going to ship all of the purchased orders to me. I will bring them up to the event and hand them out. Gotcha. So there'll be no shipping. We're avoiding the shipping too for, for folks, which, hey, that's another plus, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, no shipping there. Um, but I've, like I said, I, I'll, I'm going to uh, purchase a few extra items that I'm going to uh, send off or raffle off uh, during the event. Very cool. Nice. Well, uh, MC3 Cats, thank you so much. Uh, this oh, is going to be a yeah. lot of fun. Oh, wait, we've got one more thing. Uh, Wits End, do you want to read that yeah, from the chat? Breiling contributed he said he heard that canadians do need to clear customs to enter the usa and enter the usa to get to the u.s side of the park you can stay in the area near peace arch itself but not the actual event coordinates the space between the northbound and southbound lanes of the highway is open to anyone but if you cross into peace arch state park you need to clear customs that's from our research department there wow crack research team at that that's right way to go and isn't there a virtual cache right there at the Peace Arch? There happens to be well, right on go. the board. And it's one Another of those place. that, you know, I spend so time, so much time waiting in line. It's like, I'm finally through. Let's go. Oh, wait, I forgot to get the cache. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, now you can get it. You just walk, right just walk up to over it. to it. Yeah. Good deal. Hey, thank you so much for bringing this very cool event. Uh, we hope that many U.S. and Canadian geocachers are there. Oh, well, thank you for uh, inviting me on and letting me uh, promote this here so everybody knows about it. MC3 Cats, I've got one more question for you on this event. Since there seems to be a little bit of confusion as to um, passports and and access, for particularly for Canadians, but it's you know possibly either way, would we be able to go uh, either to the event page or to the uh, WSGA or BCGA pages to get maybe a little more clarity on that? You know, I think what I'll do is um, uh, I'll I'll do some more research on this, and I'll put something on the web. Right now, there isn't anything on the uh, event page about it, um, so I'll I'll look into that and update that page. Awesome, thank you so much. Yeah, and, well, thank you. And I got to say, I think in agreement with everybody else here that, and and some of the folks in the chat that this is a very innovative event idea, and I don't know too many other places, certainly in North America, where you can do this. So. That's pretty awesome. You know, we, when I when this idea came up in our uh, Geo Org Slack group, um, you should have seen the responses from other organizations, uh, particularly the Michigan group. They're like, oh, "Is there is there an organization in Ontario?" And I'm like, "I don't know. You'll have to look." Uh, so I don't. I, we may have a unique situation where where we have. Uh, you know, neighboring, uh, organizations across the border. So we, we have to run with it, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Make us a yearly event. Awesome. Well, thanks to you. Thanks to, uh, Kathleen, uh, Baha Betty and the BCGA for the work you guys have put into putting this together. We're really looking forward to it. Okay. Well, thank you so much for letting me, uh, come on and talk about it. You're very welcome. Well, I, that's what I'm going to. So if it's a, it's of a mega event, is that just like 250 people on each side of the border? Is that, does that count <laughs> as a mega or is that just a regular event? Hmm. Anyway. I'm going to have to talk to ground speak on that one. Okay. <laughs> they might have to make an exception there. Yeah. I don't know. Now, is it 200 and <laughs> is it 500 people in uh, Imperial or metric? Um, uh, Imperial. Okay. Yeah. You need 528 Americans, but 161 Canadians. And you're oh, in. There you go. <laughs> there you go. We'll have to work that angle. <laughs> Exchange rate. Do? I don't know. <laughs> it's great. Oh, well played. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Now. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Now we want to head south just a little bit, not too far south for. Um, some Oregon caching and we're going to look at the Willamette Valley of Oregon with subway Mark subway Mark. Thank you for being so patient. 
Oh, no worries. No worries uh, are, at all. Are you planning to come up to this historic event at the border? Uh, now I'm thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to think about it. Yeah. We'll bring your passport because you're, you're I, close I, enough. You, you may as well go across the border. Make sure you get that Canadian couch. Well, if, getting into Canada is probably okay. It's coming back back home is a problem. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. I think they'll let you in without a passport. You just can't come back to America. Correct. Yeah. Maybe maybe Jay will adopt me. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So, um, you know what? Sorry, I was. I, I I have to apologize. I was just double checking my facts because we were talking about mega events and the whole metric conversion. So before before we we get into the Willamette Valley, which I'm very interested in hearing, but I have to share one of my favorite expressions as listeners to this podcast may know, is a metric buttload. And uh, so the actual equivalent, so a metric buttload of cashers, so how many you, you would need to have a mega mm-hmm. would be a metric buttload. It's 480. Hmm. So 480 geocachers is a metric buttload of okay. cashers, which would also get us to mega status. So and if we, get, and if we get there, I know what Land Monkey would call that. So be a mega metric buttload. He would call it amazeballs. <laughs> It would be amazeballs. I just just knew. Wow. All right, Mark, thank you for your patience. No worries. What about my patience? I have to put up with this. (laughs) Do you need to go to the hospital hospital as a patient? No, I have no patience. Hmm. Okay, just checking. Okay, so the Willamette Valley, where is it? Yeah, so it stretches... You can always argue where it goes from, but basically the southern part would be Eugene and then this basically this down and then to the south and then to the north, just to the Portland metro area. Portland sometimes considered Willamette Valley, sometimes it's not. The Willamette does go right through it, so it is part of the valley. And then uh, on the west side, you got the coast range. On the east side, you have the Cascade Range. So we're sandwiched in between mountains because down south of Eugene, it starts getting mountainous as well. Okay. So, uh, so it's a pretty big, big stretch of, of area in, in reality. So what are some of the caches in the area there in, in the Willamette Valley? What, what are some of the things we can look for? So there's, there's, there's every cache type you can think about. Uh, I did some cache stats. So I used Albany, Oregon, cause that's more or less the center of the Valley in my opinions. Uh, it's, and in, within a 60-mile radius, which actually will get you the Oregon coast as well, uh, it's 7,400 7, traditionals, 216 multi, 991 mystery caches, 50 earth caches, 39 letter boxes, three webcams. They used to be more, but they, they're slowly dying. Uh, two are in Corvallis, one's in Eugene. And then there's five where I goes, and then 16 virtuals. Nice. Now... Oregon has some of the oldest caches still available. Are they in this area as well? Yes. Yeah, so it, again, using using Albany as a, the centroid point. So GC sixteen uh, is June of two thousand, and then there's the unoriginal stash GC ninety two, and that's October two thousand. Old Baldy was a GC's G. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie six from June of 2001. Then look down on creation is G Charlie, Charlie, Charlie seven from June, 2001. And then the phantom cash is the fifth oldest one in the area. And that's GC D is in David B is in boy five is from June, 2001. Wow. Those are some old caches. I, yeah. I gotta say, I, I did hear about 50 earth caches and I actually need 50 earth caches. So that's, that's perfect. You so, need to spend some time in the Willamette Valley. Yeah. There's, there's some nice ones. <laughs> I saw Land Monkey's eyes starting to glaze over, and then you said 50 Earth caches, and you yeah, kind of like, snapped. Ooh. Oh, yeah. what? Yeah. Hmm? And, and they're not all erratics. What? No. <laughs> oh, so we're not in the greater Seattle area. Excellent. But but there are plenty of erratics. There, there, there are in the Northwest. A couple yes. of waterfalls <laughs> tossed in for flavor. Yeah. My favorite one is actually one outside of McMinnville that's up on top of it's a park it, off an old road and you and you have to walk up the hill and then you get to the where the erratic is but you have a beautiful view of the valley from up there. Nice. Yes. So I'd recommend that one. Don't know off, off the top of my head. You but. know, I do a glacial erratic if it has a good view. 
Yeah, it's it's I'll do nice. glacial erratic if it's there because it's, <laughs> it's, a, north it's a north cache. Yeah. yeah. It's just gonna be a real easy one. Exactly. So a glacial erratic, is that a rock star? Anyway, no. Are there favorited caches down there in the Willamette Valley? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so I, I, I did oh, sort. We can't, we can't upvote them, but we can attribute favorite points to them. So there's a cluster of of highly favored caches, fifty miles northeast of Albany, and they're all centered around the original stash, which is outside of Estacada. So you got the original stash plaque, uh, which is GC George Victor. Zero Paul. And then you got the unoriginal stash, which was mentioned before GC92, and then slider and one in 50. So those are the top. But you know, that's 50 miles. That's pretty far in the valley. And it's like I said, it's clustered. Yeah. So, but I live in Salem, so I look at what's around Salem. So there, so I'm picking the top eight uh, that's within 20 miles. So one is called Pumped, GC3, Paul, Nine, Queen, David. And then there's the Pinball Wizard, which that's a really good one. GC three Roberts six Victor zero, uh, and then where the eagle has landed, GC two David seventy five William, uh, Weeping Willow GC forty six NR seven, Dead Governor's multi. That's a really good one in Salem. It's actually in a cemetery. Is it? So a, is it about a band? Isn't there a Dead Governor's band? Uh, oh, that's no. Dead Presidents. No. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but that's GC2, David, Apple, Zero. I'm mixing up my alphanumeric, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Some people some people will do that. And then there's Pressure Your Luck, which is good. And then I'm going to plug my own. So Oregon History, Powerland Heritage Park, which is outside a really nice uh, heritage museum complex. That's GC21, uh, YXN. And then there's a Travel Bug Palace in West Salem. That's a really nice one. GC5, G2EZ. It's oh, really easy. easy. Yeah. Monkey Cakes agrees that uh, Dead Governors is a great cache. Yep. There it's you a, go. It's a good one. Nice. Well, you mentioned a travel bug palace. Are, are there some good ones around, some travel bug hotels? <laughs> yep. The, what, the one in West Elm I just mentioned, that's a really nice one. It's huge. And then there's another one that's uh, about uh, 20 feet from where I'm sitting. So Zeke's Place Hotel and Lounge. Mm. <laughs> oh, I'd like a good travel bug lounge. Yeah. So it's GC one three seven two Z for the Canadians. Nice. Now it's right twenty feet from where you're sitting, but you don't own it, right? Uh, of course I own it. It's oh, on my okay. property. Is it okay? <laughs> well, no. The just the way you brought it up, and I was like, uh, I think you would, but maybe you don't. Maybe it's to your next door neighbor. Yeah, it's 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 right up the al- my alleyway. So the it's right logo, up your alley. It's right up my alley. Exactly. (laughs) It's under the big green roof. If that gives you an idea of what it's under. So, so Mark, one, one of my absolute favorite earth caches I have done in that general area is called earth, sun and water. It's GC four X zero one K. Now I don't know the Willamette. 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 Thank you. (laughs) Clearly I don't know it well enough. Um, so I'm not sure if that's technically in there. I think it's quite close to Malala. Yeah, that's on the edge of the valley. Okay. So um, I found this one when we went and did GC16. So mm-hmm. this is the earth cache closest to GC16. And I, I would highly recommend it to people. It is spectacular. It's a variation on columnar basalt, but it's, uh, it's displayed in a way you don't normally see it, and it's just spectacular. It's definitely worth checking out. There's another earth cache not that far outside of Malala that's in an old sulfur hot springs. That was a resort at one time, but the resort's long since gone. And oh. I, you can taste the water. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can taste a lot of things earth caching <laughs> yes. or, or geocaching. You should. And, you yeah, probably shouldn't. There are very few of them I would recommend tasting. No. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Exactly. Hmm. I don't Very agree cool. with that, but okay, we'll go ahead. Um, well, <laughs> just and, lick it. <laughs> uh, well, and getting to things that maybe you should lick. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the hazards? You know, if somebody were coming out to the Willamette Valley and they're they're coming, so let's say from the East Coast. Let no, let's let's say they're coming from Texas. 
because people in Texas have no idea what's out here. They don't think there's <laughs> anything true. beyond the borders of their land. So if they decided they're going to get on a plane and, and fly more than two hours, which would get them out of the state of Texas. Um, you know, instead of alienating any listeners in Texas, also we could say, uh, you know, visitors from overseas who are perhaps not familiar with. Uh... No, I'm going for Texas. And uh... <laughs> it sounds like a personal thing. No feedback at cashing in. <laughs> right. I'm just going to say comments of certain hosts do not reflect the opinions of the rest of the crew. Of, yeah, never mind. Fine. Also, those from Oklahoma, if they were to leave the borders of their state. Where um, the wind comes sweeping down a plane? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, well I, I grew up in the East Coast, and when I when I first moved out here, East Coasters like Oregon. So where's that? And I'd say it's on the West Coast, and I'd say California. Yeah, it's above it. No, that's Canada. Yeah. <laughs> so close. So close. <laughs> hey, I heard there's a there there's a foot for us to get Montana. So you know, Chris yeah. is no longer welcome at Geo Woodstock 17. <laughs> He's been barred. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, so if that texting did come, yeah. I think he might want to look out, try to figure out what po poison oak looks like. Mm. Uh, so that's really prevalent out here, especially in the in the foothills and such like that. Uh, it's and I didn't know I was allergic on, to poison oak until I started geocaching. I learned it the very hard way. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, I, I, leaves of three. Let it be. Yeah, I didn't notice that. <laughs> and it, it got on my jeans and I didn't realize that. And it got through Ooh, my jeans. Because it's and, oily. Yeah. 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 I was in the doctor's office the next day getting to stuff. <laughs> it was, yeah, I, I knew somebody that lived in a rural area and you'd go visit and they'd say, don't pet the dog. Oh. Because the dog will run through it and not bother yeah. him, but it gets all over the dog. And, right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I never considered that. Yeah, it does. It, that, yeah. So when I when I have my dog out doing that, I have, I have to watch where he is going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's no fun. No. All right. So uh, poison oak. And then there's stinging stinging nettles. Oh, I have experience with them. Yeah, they <laughs> they don't like letting go. Yeah. And then we have thorny bushes and blackberry brambles everywhere. I mean, it's 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 great when you want to harvest blackberries out and you know on the freeway, but they're everywhere. It's, oh, those things will grow right out of concrete. Yeah, I mean they, they don't do. need any yeah. dirt. They yeah, they're mean. And my dog doesn't like them either. <laughs> so he's he he hits ones like ah, he just stops. <laughs> yeah. Wow, blackberry brambles. I think is what this whole country was before people came in and you know started hacking them back. And it's a constant battle. Oh, it's constant. It never ends. Um, I have a question. Speaking of stinging nettles and thorny bushes and blackberry brambles, do you guys have Devil's Club down there? I don't know what it looks like. So, so I don't it, know. it's a um, shrub-like plant. It looks like it has really large maple leaves, but they're, they're covered in little spines, mm. and they're as bad as stinging nettles or worse when you grab them. I've heard of it. I don't know that I've run across I, I, it personally. I know yeah, I haven't. Sure. We have a lot up here. I have seen it in Washington State, so I yeah. just didn't know if you had it down in Oregon. Did it yeah, clear customs? It didn't clear us. Okay. So, okay. Well, we have to send it back. Yeah. <laughs> Probably a good idea. Yeah. Hopefully it wants it. We don't Please. want it here. Uh, Brylang says in the chat, and I didn't know this, that uh, the blackberries are an invasive species. They're not native mm. to the Pacific Northwest. Okay. Well, invade they have. Yeah, yes, they, they have. They've big time. Holy it's like cow. scotch broom. Is that yes. one too? Yeah. I, I had a friend from Arizona that uh, as we're driving down the freeway in the summer, uh, so, oh, I love all the yellow flowers you guys yeah. have planted. Uh, no, that's oh, scotch broom and it's a weed. Yeah, it's worse than a weed. Yeah. Yeah. It's nasty. All right. And was okay. there any other so, hazard that we should be thinking about? Yeah, that? just if you if you're doing cashing in the winter or or in the spring, the ground may not be very solid, and you may not even notice it until your foot goes right through the mud. Or yeah, it's pretty yucky. I walked through a park today. On the way yeah. that almost caught me. I, I managed to scoot around the worst of it, but yeah, I was People looking at my phone. All of a sudden, so you feel the squish, squish. You're like, oh. Well, it's yeah. even better when you feel a squish, squish, and all of a sudden the next one, your foot is totally wet because your shoe is behind you. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. <laughs> Didn't do that, thankfully. But. 
So wear wear water repellent uh, hiking shoes if you can. Recommended, yes. Highly recommended. Any right. animal animal challenges down there? I know we had. I got attacked by a goose one time caching. That was mean. So there, it's, so there are in the hills or near hills. There's cougars and and such like that. Yeah. So you do have to watch that. So your typical Northwest bears, cougars. Yep. Yep. And Canadian Goose. geese. Yeah. And, and Canadian geese everywhere. Yeah. And those geese. Yeah, you're welcome. They, <laughs> they, they attack didn't pass without, customs either. They attack without warning. And that one was mean. And you, you'd think you'd see like duck, duck, and then goose. No. Goose. Bang. Right there. <laughs> that's, that's correct. It's not how the game goes. That's how you teach our kids to play hockey. So put them on ice with a bunch of Canadian geese. They become really good at skating. <laughs> Aren't they just geese to you? Yes. Okay. Well, they're supposed to be Canada geese, not Canadian, but we just call them Canadians. No, I'm fine with that. Okay. (laughs) We call them metric geese. (laughs) You have a metric load of geese on one pond? And they leave their metrics everywhere. Yes, they do. They do. All right. Hey, if someone is planning, Mark, to come down and do some geocaching, are there any notable series of, of geocaches they should be uh, thinking about planning for? Yeah, this, so what there is a really good series if you're into challenge caches, uh, you know, using Project GC and stuff. If you look, if you use Project GC and, and look at Lane County, Oregon, which is just it's by i5 just south of albany you'll see a whole bunch of sets of mystery caches and they're all um, challenge caches so you know a century of earth caches so 100 earth caches you know half century you know and all sorts of other stuff you know multis uh caches along a high certain highways over there Uh, they're all by uh dj bach and so it's kind of nice to, and you can sign those anytime you want, but you can't log them until you fill the challenge. But that's okay. kind of a nice cash cash series. Uh, and then there's this other one that's you know, trade related by this tr- strange geocacher called Subway Mark. Hmm. He has a sidetrack series and disappeared rare blue series. I've heard about him. Yeah, yeah. he's kind of, it's kind of strange. It's all about historic train spots. I'm not sure why, but. He's kind of a strange person. Now, you have talked about the Sidetrack series in a previous episode with us. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. Awesome. Very so, popular episode, in case you wanted to know. There you go. So, folks, if you uh, want to go back and look for a previous episode Subway Mark has joined us on, you can get more details on the Sidetracked and Disappearing Railroad Blues series, which is one of the notable cash series to consider when you're traveling to this part of Oregon. Now... There's plenty of other other notable ones. There's one with kitchen recipe, you know, food recipes and stuff like that. Just just look around; you'll find plenty of nice mm-hmm. series to find. Very cool. cool. So, Mark, if uh, if a geocacher was planning to travel to this area with their snuggle muggle, is there things other than geocaching for them to do? I'm not sure why they'd want to. Yeah, but... I was gonna say nope. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, the Willamette Valley, particularly the Amhill County area, which is uh, Newburgh, McMinnville, uh, Amity area, is notable for their wine country. So that's the uh, the hub of our wineries, big and small. Uh, the largest one is Willamette Valley Vineyards, go figure, and just south of Salem. But there's plenty of really good small mom and pop wineries all over the place. Uh, that's a big, big deal. Um, it's big for tourism in the area. Uh, it's also beer country. So Portland may be the beer vana, but that doesn't mean they have everything. Uh, so Eugene, Salem, McMinnville, Corvallis, and Albany all have you know, clusters of breweries uh, and then there's scattered other breweries uh, scattered around the valley. But uh, th- there's some really good breweries in the, in the valley. Uh, then, of course, you know, there is a state capital. Uh, you can get, you can tour the building uh, and on certain weekends, they open up the outside viewing deck, which is outside the rotunda. Oh, nice. So neat. It, it, yeah, you have to climb the stairs to do it. I've never done it. I need to do that. It's only eight blocks from my house. Well, I've that's why you'll it. never do it because it's close to it. <laughs> Because it's eight blocks from my right. house. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, uh, you, all the people who come to stay with you, your family, you say, go do this. This is great. Yeah, but you exactly. never get to do it. All the things close to home we do when we have visitors come. So, uh, Mark, I'm going to come down to visit and then we can go to it. Because I, I like to tour state capitals. 
I've been to several. Wait, isn't Never Portland been. the state capital? No, Santa. <laughs> I know. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Portland, no, Port- Portland, blame, Portland blames Salem for all of Oregon's ills. Actually, the whole state blames Salem for all of Oregon's ills. Those guys in Salem, you know what they just did? Oh, boy, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like Seattle and Olympia up here. It's the same. Correct. Area. Biggest yeah, city in the capital always fight. Correct. <laughs> uh, but there's other things to do. Uh, the Oregon Garden, which which is a, it's kind of a small Butchart, like Butchart Gardens in Victoria, uh, Vancouver Island, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good good place. And they also promote geocache and they have geocaches on the property. Nice. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And if you, they actually have an on-site hotel, and I, I believe they still do it. They give out loaner GPSs to guests if they want to go find geocaches. Wow. Now, question, to get into that. the Oregon Garden in Silverton, do you have to pay admission? Yes, there is admission fee for that one. Okay. Yeah. Good yep. to know. Uh, they also have yeah. they, also, they also have beer fests over there, too. So that's another another idea to do. Well, then, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are there earth caches? If so, Land Monkey's there. Uh, in the Oregon Garden, there is not. I, I just oh, looked. Oh. Well, so. never mind then. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Traditionals and beer. That's not enough. <laughs> nope. These beer. Okay. I'll, I'll tell them they need an earth cache and then Land Monkey's on it. There you go. Uh, we also have some great uh, state parks. The largest state park in the state is Silver Falls. Uh, which is about 20 miles from Salem with, with some beautiful waterfalls, a lot of hiking trails, not much in geocaching, but a beautiful, beautiful park. Uh, if you want a state park that has a lot of geocaches, you go to Willamette Mission. Uh, they have a ton of them, uh, and it's just a few miles north of Salem. And then uh, in the city of Salem, we have Minto Brown Park, and it's always been noted for geocaches. Uh, it's always been full of them. Uh, they die, and, and other ones get recreated all the time, so it's one was just published just this past week, so it's it's always full of geocaches. Wow! No geocaches died. Do you have like a geocaching funeral for them? Or oh, they go to geocache heaven. You okay. you bury them at that point. You can't bury geocaches. You can't Once check, they're dead, you can't no. until they're dead. <laughs> then you bury them. That's why you can't bury them until they're dead because they're still alive. It all makes sense now. That's what a trash compactor's for. <laughs> wow! You guys are just brutal yes yes i am okay so parks some nice gardens some outdoor is there you know it, it may rain is there anything indoor yeah there's there's several um for indoor specifically i would recommend going to the evergreen aviation museum it's in McVin- mcminville mm-hmm. and it's home to the spruce goose and if it, but they have multiple built they have a IMAX theater. They also have a space building. Uh, they have a lot of other aviation stuff. And right next door to the aviation museum is a, is a water park where you can slide out of the jet engine of a 747 because the 747 is sitting on top of the water park. Oh, oh. that's really cool. What could go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do they turn on the engine and and you're thrust out that's of the engine? Full thrust. Yeah. Full thrust. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you exit the microbreweries as well. <laughs> but, uh, Only after you've had too many. Yeah. I, that, yeah. That's Chris one and place. I have talked for a long time yeah. about going down there. Uh, it's one place I want to go. Yeah. You, you need to do that. I toured the Spruce Goose when it was near the Queen Mary in mm-hmm. Long Beach, California, but I have not toured it up here. I need to do that. Yeah, it's changed. Yeah. Well, and my kids haven't seen it, so we need to make a family outing down there. Yeah, you need to do that. Another uh, museum complex, it's really not indoors so much, but it's called uh, Powerland Heritage Park. It's a geocache outside of it that I mentioned before. So it's about 12 miles north of Salem. It has 14 different museums, uh, steam tractors, John Deere tractors, caterpillars. Uh, uh, it ends, the list goes on, but one of my, my passion is streetcar. So we have a streetcar museum there, and that's why I'm a board member for that. So you need to come down for that. Yeah. Uh, and then the last week of July, first week of August, we have the annual steam up. Uh, that's when everything's operating. Uh, so they have a parade every day where you see all these tractors and John Deere's and, and all sorts of other vehicles in motion, which is always, it's not a static museum. That's which cool. Is always nice. That is cool. And then Salem has the Gilbert House Museum. Gilbert uh, uh, is famous for erector sets, and he grew oh. up in Salem. Oh. Mm. So uh, he has this museum here. It's in the house that he grew up. The house they moved the house to another location, but it's his childhood house. Disassembled, Very, reassembled. 
Yeah. <laughs> like you do uh, with an erector set. Mm-hmm. With a little wrench. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Uh, and then you also have the Gilbert House. Uh, that means the Willamette Heritage Center. So that's an old, uh, an old uh, mill here. It was a woolen mill at one time. Uh, so that's a nice, nice place to go. They have also a bunch of homes they moved into, make a little heritage park out of it. And then Salem has a noted uh, small. I think it's odd, but Salem has a noted uh, art museum, the Haley Ford Museum of Art. And that's that's highly recommended for those who really enjoy art. And it's changing expi- exhibitions all the time. Nice. Wow. That's and a lot it, of variety of different things to do. It, it It is. And then if you like carousels, there's two carousels. Who doesn't like a good carousel? I can exactly. go round and round about carousels. I'll bet you could. But don't. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe a little up and down, too. So there's there's what. One in Salem at the riverfront, and then the newer one is in Albany, which is a huge uh, carousel. It's, and both carousels are noted that the all the animals in on the carousel were hand carved by local folks. Wow. And can you can you grab the brass ring on those? Yes, they okay. grab. that's that's important. Yes, it is absolutely. So for folks who don't know what Jim's talking about, uh, you should maybe think about visiting Spokane. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Mark, so we've talked about the geocaching in the Willamette Valley. I said it right that time. Right? Yes, you got it. Willamette. Okay. Boy, that's that's not going to stick, by the way. <laughs> you know. as, long as, as long as you don't say Willamette. Okay. <laughs> I won't do that. I can guarantee you that. So we've talked about some of the great geocaches and geocaching experiences. We've talked about things to be aware of, uh, some of the hazards in the area. We've talked about some cache series, and we've talked about things, if you're not a geocacher, uh, all of the great, cool things that you can do in the Willamette Valley as well. But uh, if you're visiting, you're probably going to need a place to stay, a place to eat. Do you have any recommendations for people? Yeah, so um, uh, Salem has plenty of hotels along the freeway uh, to choose from, and a couple of downtown. Uh, Albany has a few hotels, and if you go during the Art and Air Festival in August, typically... Um, they give discounts to geocachers because there's a, usually a, a geocaching event every year and uh, associated with the festival. Uh, and I would recommend going to that event, actually. It's it's kind of a fun event. It's designed to promote business. You go into business, you get a little, a little sticker, and then you complete a, a whole panel, and then you get to get a coin at the end, which is, which is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. We, everyone wins the downtown businesses win and geocachers win. It just works out really well. I'm sure it'll happen again this year. And then, uh, uh, if you want to go camping, there's, there's state park campgrounds. There's in Shampooey and which is, has plenty of geocaches in it. Mm-hmm. And it's also has an annual geocaching event set at Shampooey. It's been going on for, for as long as geocaching has been I, going on. I stayed in Shampooey. I rented a yurt. Yurts, yurts yeah, are popular. It was fun. Um, so, pro tip for those who are listening to this podcast: uh, shampoo is not spelled the way you would think it is. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's shampoog. Yeah, yeah. C H A M P O E G is how it's spelled, and I would never, ever, ever have guessed that. And you thought Willamette was hard? <laughs> I know, right? Like, what the heck? You guys think Tawasin's hard? <laughs> it's no, one of those that. You know, you hear shampoo, you hear shampoo, and then you see, you look on the map and you go, well, what's this place? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, yeah when I first moved here with shampoo. <laughs> yeah. I thought um, it was like shampoo or something. But yeah. So Mark, you noted that there's an annual, but I think it's every two years. Is it every two years? It used to be yeah. annual. But it is this years. summer. It, okay. It is, oh, right. up. So that is, uh, it's a big event that goes on there for sure. Um, so sorry, you talked about shampoo. Other uh, state campgrounds? Yes, uh, Silver Falls State Park also has a campground uh, to, to go to. And then there's plenty of private campgrounds uh, around. I'm not going to name them off, but there's the, you just have to search for them. Uh, someone in, in the chat asked about free. There's The only free is Walmarts. You can park at Walmart parking lots with with campers. For some quality camping. For yeah. some high quality camping. Hey, it's free. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I did that once. I probably won't not do that again. <laughs> yeah. I just, it's something about it. Anyway, uh, places to eat. Uh, mm-hmm. 
there are plenty there are plenty of places to eat in the valley of any sort of uh, food that you want from fast food to really good sit down uh, since i live in salem what i these are the places i take when i have out-of-town guests so uh, sisters irish bistro which is a quite little irish place go figure hmm. and then there's chicha's mexican uh it's a Mexican brewery with really fan. I think it's the best Mexican food in the Valley. Wow. It's really, really good. It's not your typical Oregon Mexican food. It's, it's, I'll just leave it at that. So it, I, it seems more authentic. Yes. Okay. Nice. And then it, for Italian, if people want to go to Italian, I tell, I say, let's go to Gambretti's in Salem. And then Albany, if you really like Hungarian restaurants, uh, Novak's has been in, Albany for decades. Uh, then they moved into downtown Albany now, and it's it's really top notch food hmm. and 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 friendly people. Hungarian? Okay. Do they have hot dogs with sauce on them? Um, they have goulash. Ooh, I do like a good goulash. Like yeah. There you go. I don't know that I've ever been to a purely Hungarian themed restaurant, but now I'm hungry. It's mm. at the, <laughs> or are you Hungarian? Well, and the family is is uh, Hungarian. The, yeah. the patriarch passed away a couple of years ago, but the family is uh, continuing the business, nice. I believe. So, yeah. We had another question uh, related to uh, some of the caching in the area from IAM. <clears throat> I guess it's more of a comment, but uh, Mark, why don't you? <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm losing my voice. <laughs> Can somebody read that? <laughs> yeah, so so it looks like he did some caching in, in Aurora and Camby, uh, with a couple of well well done veterans themed caches, which that's that's very true. And Camby also the Visitor Association sponsors a GeoCoin challenge uh, on occasion, so that's oh. always always fun to do. Nice, thank you, Mark. <laughs> You're welcome. You gonna live, Len Marky? I am now. All right, good, good. Yay. Well, Mark, um, you know, I've been to the Willamette Valley, but I want to go back now. This, Me too. This is good stuff. Uh, I, I really, I guess I didn't uh, understand how big it is. You know, you think, oh, it's just the valley of this one. No, it's, it's quite the, the it's, area. It's about 120 miles long from north to south. So, yeah. And we didn't even talk about the coast. Hmm. No. Future episode. Yeah, absolutely. The, you know. Up here, we, you know, we talk longingly about the Oregon coast. Oh, it's so nice. So, guys, get out, get traveling, uh, look at some of these places. You can, uh, if the Willamette Valley isn't in your travel plans, go look at some of our other top tips. You're going to like the places here in the great Northwest. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Subway Mark, thank you so much. Will you be staying with us for the after show? Yes, I will be. Okay, great. Now. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Caching in the Northwest, but we have more to come. Next week, we are talking uh, Geocoin Fest EU with JP and Ian. And after that, March 14th, we're going to be talking with Adventure Smart. You're not going to want to miss it. I'm not going to want to miss that at all. And then March 21st, well, we're talking about Geocaching Homa and Geocoin Fest 2019. It's all about the Coin Fest. And maybe. Just maybe I might make this one. You never know what my work schedule, at least I never know what my work schedule is going to be. But hopefully, and we're going to have a guest. Is it Johnny Duet? Duet? Johnny? Johnny? Yeah. So that'll be great. You're all about Homa and Geocoin Fest. Absolutely. And this is the opportunity. I want to take a moment to thank Landsharks, our corporate Denali level sponsor. Landsharks.ca is the outdoor adventure and geocaching store. Check them out online or go in person and visit their store in Victoria, British Columbia. They're open six days a week, except holidays and ship online orders every day. And folks, you know what? We also want to thank all of our faithful Denali level sponsors. That's Landsharks, Bounce, Bounce, Limax, Team Squirrel, and WorldCaching.com. Hey, if you want to know more about supporting the show click that patreon link on the cachingnw.com website we would appreciate it so much and as we always do at this point in the show we want to thank every one of our patrons for your monthly support that makes this show possible so thank you goes out to broncos fan for life sprouter camp clan tick magnet kev mac d subway mark dora moore dune buddy kid vegas 19 geo nav bros wino seattle Akerdoc, billy robson genies and tas keats 94 trexer zero mc3 cats kennel barb m nerve wet coaster and green words and sege sege hove well done sir thank you 
Whew, everybody take a breath. I, I can breathe now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks for playing along at home. That's right. And for those of you at home, we thank you for joining us. And until next week, if some of those listeners at home wanted to reach out and contact us, Subway Mark, where can they find you? I uh, can find me at uh, Subway Mark on, on Geocache and Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Not that I use those too much. but And then my website's ktransit.com. And a fine website it is too. I have I have surfed to that site. Land monkey. Well, it's L A N M O N K E Y Land Monkey on YouTube. That's right. You can find new episodes of Land Monkey's Geo Geocaching Adventures almost weekly. Coming up on YouTube. We're almost all the way through season two. It's season three. I'm really excited for it because that's going to be our Caribbean geocaching adventures. Oh. So that's coming up very soon. Oh. So Follow us on YouTube and you'll be able to experience the fun we had there. Mm, there'll be pirates there. There will be pirates of some sort in there, I guarantee. Yeah. All right. And you know what? Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope, it's at LandMonkeyGC. That's the easiest way to know what's going on in Monkey Town. Wits end, my friend. Yes, sir. How about you? Well, follow me on Twitter, Facebook, or reach out in geocaching.com message center. I was on there just today chatting with a couple of people that are in the chat. So I'm there. You just got to look around. He Chris. So chatty. Well, sometimes, sometimes yes, sometimes not, but I appreciate hearing from everybody. You can find me on Twitter or Facebook at caching NW. If you're looking at Instagram, head over to caching in the Northwest. Better yet, go to caching slash host. Read our bios, find all those links we just mentioned, and a few secret ones we don't tell anybody about. But most of all, we want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Caching in the Northwest. Don't forget that you can be part of the show. Call 253-693-TFTC, leave us a comment, ask us a question, or give us your parking spot any time of the day or night. Of course, you can email us at feedback at cachingnw.com. Uh, if you like the show... Click the Patreon link on the cachingnw.com website and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and more. This show is produced by Chris Humphenauer, Jay Kennedy, and Jim Paulwitz. It's licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license, copyright 2019 by Chris Humphenauer. And we ask you to stay tuned for The After Show. The After Show. And welcome to The After Show. See, we didn't make you wait very long. It's quick. Yeah. But you know what? The after show is, is kind of unique. It's uh it's an opportunity where we get to sit and talk about things that are related to the show because it's the after show, the after show. Uh, if you have to leave, we understand. Okay. You know what? Turn it off. Go about your business. But if you want to stay, come on in, pull up a seat, grab your favorite beverage, sit down and we're just going to talk caching. Yeah, we are. So who wants before, to talk? Well, I was going to say, before we get into some of the after show stuff, uh, Trexer Zero, mm -hmm. who is uh, up here in BC, uh, they asked recently about the new AR cache that I just put out. And I want to let people know that I actually went into a whole lot of detail and actually walked even through an example of programming it on a patron special we just recorded for Geo Gearheads. So if you're a Geo Gearheads patron, you may want to check that out. That'll give you a whole lot of questions. Chris and uh, Daryl had a lot of great questions for me about that whole scenario. But I know specifically because Trexa Zero made a comment about it that I thought I would shout it out that um, we definitely did go in depth there on it. Yeah, that was uh, that was a lot of good information. Thank you, Land Monkey. Uh, I, I followed along with your tutorial and started making one and I thought, well, if I can get it out here in the next, you know, less than a week, I've, Go for it, I've got a cache that I just disabled recently that I thought, well, maybe I'll just put an AR cache in its place and be done. You know, and that's what I was saying on the, so yeah, I was saying on the patron special we just recorded earlier that the main reason that I put out the AR cache and that I made one that was a little more complicated than perhaps um, the majority of them was because I wanted to give the local cashers in this part of, you know, Northwest Washington and uh, up here and certainly in British Columbia, the opportunity to go out and try one because they're going to get grandfathered on March 6th. So 
uh, and there weren't any other ones in British Columbia. So I thought, well, man, we got to have an opportunity to try this. So, uh, so yeah, I gave that, gave that a go. And so I put that out and yeah, a bit of mixed reviews. Um, everybody seems to enjoy it. Some people just struggle a little bit with getting the technology to work for them and, and, you know, fair enough. It's, it's, it's a technology that's still in its growing pains, Mm -hmm. but I think it's great to, to try it out. And I mean, if people have questions about it, um, I'm happy to, to answer those questions as well as we go through the after show. But I just wanted to clarify because Trixie Zero had mentioned it, that um, there is full coverage of it if you are a GeoGearHeads patron. There you go. Uh, and Dora Moore says you should use something other than gnomes. <laughs> well, <that's, laughs> she's saying that because gnome, the gnomes stole their car. Uh-huh. Nobody mm. gnomes the troubles they've seen. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um. Well, speaking of Trexer Zero, he uh, used the hashtag top tips for today's show and wants to know, does he need his Canadian passport to access the hands across the border event? And, you know, I would take it with you. That seems to be the question of the day. And so since we don't know the answer for sure, one way or the other, and it sounds like passport. Yeah. Yeah. You're right, Mark. Always bring your passport. Um, so I would err on the side of bring your passport Trexer. Uh, I would also say, um, keep an eye on the event page because it sounds like MC3 cats is going to look into this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would, I, you know, you're that close to the border. Just have your passport on you in case you're questioned. Um, and you know, maybe you want to cross over fear. Can it come on over and get some gas? Well, I'm actually seriously thinking what I'm going to do is there's a few new caches I haven't found yet in Blaine. So I'm going to go down early, do some caching in Blaine, and then go to the event. That's what you're going to blame? I'm, yeah. You're going to blame us for it? Okay. Uh, let's see. There's, there's no one else to blame. Yeah. <sighs> uh, Dora Morse says, has anyone hosted a caching event in a place where you don't speak the language and there may or may not be active catchers. Greenward says Dormore's asking this because uh, uh, Greenwards and Wet Coaster is hosting an event in Spain where he does not speak Spanish at the end of March. As a host, that's difficult, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say people do that a lot, right? That they, they host events when they travel. Mm-hmm but usually they can at least a little bit speak the language. And and I'm only saying that from experience up here in Vancouver, a lot of people from Germany yep. and Holland, et cetera, yep. come into Vancouver, host events. Um, but I also get that if you're traveling, I mean, you might not speak the language, but you also may be traveling to a city where there's maybe no geocaches to be found or not easily found. Mm. Um, and so you kind of want to get the country. So I, I get the idea of hosting an event. I don't see any reason why you cannot host an event in a country where you don't speak the oh, language. Yeah, that's not an no, issue. But maybe what you do is do a little bit of, you know, Google Translate research, write down yeah. a few phrases on a piece of paper, and when people show up, you can say, uh, no habla anglais, and, uh, or, well, no, you no wouldn't say that. Espanol. But, uh, no habla espanol is what you would say. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you said it the other way around, you'd be in even bigger trouble. I don't speak English. So they're going to speak to you in Spanish. Um, yeah. you I've know, gone to events in foreign countries. I... Hmm. Oh, he froze. Uh, froze. He might be in a foreign country. I'm in a foreign country. Am I still? Oh, there you are. Now you're back. I went to one in, in Scotland. They they don't really speak English. <laughs> to true. Does that count? Wow. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Easy on the Scottish. <laughs> Offending people's my job in this podcast. <laughs> Texas took the hit, so I figured we have to get a foreign country. Okay. Well, I appreciate you skipping over Canada for a change. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, when I'm in New Zealand, I'm in Dunedin, there's a, geo, there's a German geocache that hosts an event the day that I happen to be there. So I'm going to go to that event while I'm there. There you go. Ger- Germans host an event in New Zealand with a U.S. person going. Interesting. So Alan in the chat says, I attended an event in Thailand by a visitor from Slovakia. And we had two attendees from Canada and Australia. Hmm. Nice. So, you know, we're looking at just, you know, an event across the border. They're doing multiple continents. (laughs) 
Um, GeoNav Pro said Mexico. We were there. There were no geocachers at all. Still met new people and beca- who became caching friends. We're still in contact. There you nice. go. Nice. Awesome. So, yeah, I, I would say the answer to the question that Doramore initially asked is um, absolutely, uh, absolutely. So it sounds like a few people have done it, uh, which was her question. Has anybody mm-hmm. done it? Um, yeah. White Coaster is about to do it. Um I don't see any reason why not to. Um, and you speak the common language of geocaching at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. That is a language. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. uh, well, and and I know Dora Moore has been trying to learn her foreign language of the location she's going to. So I think you'll do fine. Yep. And, you know, geocachers are nice people. If you attempt to speak the language, they're going to help you. There are some great tools from Google. Uh, Google Translate <laughs> will allow you to speak into your phone it will translate it and you know speak it back to the person now it's not perfect but it's going to get the point across i love the ocr function it has as well that is so cool yeah i use that quite often so yeah um there's some great translation tools for free that you need to try you know i'm to the point why why learn a language i have google (laughs) Well, I learn anything. I have Google. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say there's there's maybe a different perspective on that, but I understand what you're saying. Come and send the feedback at caching. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, did we have anything else for the? uh... I think that's it. Hey, folks, thank you for joining us. Get out to the Willamette Valley. Get up to the Canadian border for an event and get out and get caching in the Northwest.